You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey, friends, this is Michael McIntyre. I wanted to have a quick announcement right before this amazing podcast. Listen, we got exciting news. We're going to start this next level experience on October 14th, 15th, and 16th, right here in Dallas, Texas. It starts at 2.30 p.m. on Friday, October 14th, and goes to about 9.30 p.m. Friday night, Saturday morning around 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning, and goes into about 9.30 Saturday night, and then Sunday morning, it starts at 8 o'clock and goes to about 9.30 to 10 o'clock Sunday night. You get to be at all three days. Each day builds on the next. Look, this is for people whose lives are working. It's transformational. It's experiential learning. You get to experience these things. Kind of like when you learn how to ride a bike or drive a car. You got to experience it. Look, this is not a hospital or a fix-you program. This is to take you to the next level, accelerate you out in whatever it is that you're looking for, whether it's your relational, financial, spiritual, or physical. It's a holistic approach. My wife and I have been doing this for a long time, and it's really great. It's intense. It's fun. It's beautiful. It's Holy Spirit. So come join us. Just go to the website at themichaelmcintyre.com and apply. There's no cost up front. At the end, if you felt it was worth something, you can pay it forward, whatever you think it's worth between you and the Lord. So go check it out at themichaelmcintyre.com. It's next level, baby. Are you ready to take it out? I think you are. Thank you for listening and enjoy this podcast. Welcome to McIntyre's Next Level Podcast, a place for entrepreneurs, leaders, and dreamers to awaken and be activated to their full potential. Are you ready to get out of the boat and experience your next level? Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Welcome, everybody. This is Michael McIntyre, your most humblest host here on the Next Level Podcast. Here in Studio M and uh, Next Level, man, with McIntyre, we have gone even outer space next level in this in this amazing guest. We are so honored and privileged to have this beautiful young lady here. On it's it's been it's been a whole month of, of beautiful ladies. I love it. And then uh, you know, last week we had the influencer, uh, a 27 year old. This week we have a 27, just turned 28 year old. Uh, and uh, on my granddaughter's birthday, as a matter of fact, which is so cool. We got such a cool connection. Listen, I want to read uh, this little uh, intro here because this woman deserves the whole thing. Uh, here's a quote from Victory, and it's really amazing. There is a rich legacy of music that originates from both the trials and triumphs of African-American experience, a legacy that flows like a river through generations and waters the world with song and hope uh, of hope for the present times and for the future. This is how Victory Boyd, a 27-year-old, just turned 28-year-old soul and folk artist who hails originally from Detroit, Michigan. We got that Michigan connection too. Describes not only uh, the sound and uh, that she carries, but also the responsibility of what she carries as an artist, entrepreneur, and advocate. After being personally signed by Jay-Z, Rock Nation in 2016, Victory released her EP, her debut EP entitled It's a New Dawn, fe featuring her soul, uh, her soul stirring rendition of Simone's, uh, of, of, I think I'm pronouncing this right, Nina, Nina Simone's classic, Feeling Good. It's so good. I love that. And 
Uh, listen to this, guys, listeners. This is crazy. Victory established a reputation of elite circles of influencers having performed private concerts for Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz, uh, Melody Hobson from Ariel Investments, and her husband, George Lucas, obviously the creator of Star Wars, uh, Robert Smith, venture capitalist, Mike Navanagatz, Tyler Perry, Kanye West, and after Victory's talent and spiritual depth was discovered by Kanye West in 2019. She was invited to uh, to be the writer on his Grammy award-winning Jesus is King. What an amazing album. And went on to become the primary lyricist for hit songs as Closed on Sundays and God is, Vic, God is. Victory went on to win her first Grammy as a songwriter with Kanye. And at the same year, she created the theme song from Russell for Russell Stover, Chocolate Company and, and their first commercial campaign in 20 years which i think is owned by warren buffett company um victory's debut album or new, uh, second album or probably third by now victory's album glory hour is slated to be released in november 22nd november 2022nd glory hour and i've got some connection with that album too and i've been hearing about this thing for a long time hey we just want to welcome the superstar victory boyd welcome victory thank you for having me michael it's a pleasure Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? You're the biggest thing that ever hit next level, baby. Listen, uh, you are. Not only when you walk in the room, man, your smile just electrifies the whole room, but uh, your voice is so amazing. And I'll never forget the first time uh, I heard your, uh, and this is going to sound crazy, but I was at Lowe's <laughs> and Lowe's was playing your music over the deal. And uh, I thought that was really interesting. That's really cool. She's got this beautiful voice. And then I started talking to some people, my son in love, and he said, well, you got to know who that is. And so, yeah. And we met a long, long time ago, back in the day at Upper Room. And that's a whole nother story. But listen, you're incredible. You're on fire. You love Jesus. You're a, your voice is amazing. So tell us, what's it like right now to be Victory Boyd in this, in this, uh, this whirlwind of success for you? <laughs> well, honestly speaking, right now it, it looks like waiting and trusting God, you know, it, it looks like, um, you know, there's, there, it, there are all of the sex successes, but sometimes you, you show up and you, you perform and you do the job and, and you go home, you, you're not quite sure the impact of, of what you did, because after you do the job, you go home and then you do the next job and then you go home. And it's all, I always like to compare it to being like a farmer because mm. the work you do today um, is what you'll get paid for either in two years or three years, sometimes five years. So it's all about sowing, sowing, sowing yeah. and, um, and waiting and trusting. And I think that's the true artist's journey. Anyone that has, that is um, a full-time artist, Anyone that is, um, you know, they even even some of the artists that are well known, um, you know, <laughs> they have very similar, <laughs> very similar situations. So it's it's um, it's it's a lot of trusting, but you know, there's so many reasons why the yeah. art is important, um, and you know, I just I fight for it because I know it's my calling. Come on. I mean, it is. And, you know, you come from a family of artists, right? I think your sister's band is Infinity and 
they were just performing at the U.S. Open, I think, and uh, sang the national anthem, which was killer dealer. And I saw that on your your Instagram, and it looks like you guys had a big time there. And so, you know, you've got such notoriety, and you're walking in such amazing circles. But one thing I'd love that you are is grounded, Victory, and you use, and you know, we got to spend some time here recently together, and um, you you showed up in a you know. Uh, you know, you, you just have it. You just have this humbling experience with you, which is really cool because uh, you've got every right to to be who you are and you walk into that. But you give the glory to, to the Lord, which I love the way you show up on that. So one of the things I have learned, and this is from my upper room experience and starting an album or a label, as they call it, uh, is it takes a long time for this whole process to go through. Right. I mean, I know one thing you've been working on this new album that's going to be released, this EP. How long have you been working on it? I started working on this album in uh, the very end of 2019, but not knowing I was working on an album. It was literally just for my mental health. And <laughs> I would just sit at the piano and um, and uh, create songs out of scriptures. And at the time, I was going to this uh, Egyptian church. Um, it's charismatic Egyptian church in New Jersey. Long story of how I ended up there. But they had this special um, weekend where they brought in some ministers from IHOP. And they were teaching the church how to have a 24-hour uh, prayer room. And no one knew me at the church. I maybe had been there four times in my life. and um, <clears throat> and But I was really being ministered by this, this three-day conference. And someone, um, they, they asked for volunteers and one of the kids at the conference just thought they were being funny. And it's like, she should sing, like she should <laughs> go up there and spontaneously sing scripture. So there were like eight or seven of us, however, that went up there. And I was like at the end of the row and um, each person, you know, gave their try at improvising scripture. And um, and then it was my turn. I'm like, okay, once this happens, we don't go back. <laughs> and I just closed my eyes and sang the scripture, just let it flow. And everyone was like, what? Who are you? Where'd you come from? <laughs> bang. Yeah, yeah. I so love that. After that, we had assignments from like I, I was participating with the with the congregation. The assignment was to go home and create a song out of the scripture, Psalm 91. And so I did. And that was the first song that was created for glory hour. Come and on. It came so naturally. And I was reminded that actually, even though this was like my reintroduction to this experience, my whole life, we sang scriptures. My dad would write songs out of scriptures. And um, for years, probably decades these songs are just part of our, our family heritage, like folk songs, um, mm -hmm. but they're scriptures. And so um, I know that really the essence of how I learned how to do it was embedded in me, but I was reinvigorated to do it from this experience with this uh, Egyptian church. And I that's, that's crazy. I love that. I love that. Well, you know, I mean, hey, listen, we worship a huge God, sister, yeah. you know, and he he knits it together the way he likes to knit it together. And I think it's really cool. And so uh, so they didn't know who you were at this church. And obviously, they just had you get up there. I bet you they were blown away. I bet you that would have been something cool to see on uh, on TikTok. <laughs> that would have went viral. <laughs> All right. So 
that you got this glory hour coming out. And so it's been 2019 and it's going to be released here, you know, relatively soon now, about a month from now of this airing. And so uh, that's exciting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Because this is going to be a big album. This is going to be a, a huge deal. And, you know, uh, you've gotten so much experience here. It seems like, you know, I know since uh, the pandemic, it was everything was shut down. But prior to that, you were like very active in this in Rock Nation and with Kanye and doing, you know, uh, performing and doing a lot. And then how did the, how did the pandemic affect you? in that process did you just you know because it was a difficult for you know for the whole world right but here you were like uh you were going a lot then all of a sudden everything kind of came to a halt yes yeah yeah like the week before shutdown i was in paris with kanye working on his new album um and he was he was at the fashion show and i was there as a writer um Mm -hmm. and then we come home we work more in la and then he gets COVID, so everyone gets at home. And then that was the end of it. Like, mm. we were just, that no certainty on when anything would open back up. And I had just, that, that was that was March of 2020. I just opened up the studio that I'm in right now, The Secret Place, in January of 2020. Wow. And so I, like, invested all the, a large majority of the money I made from working with Kanye into the studio so then the pandemic hits and i lose all my contracts and i'm like oh my god gosh i'm like at this point i'm like one year out on my own so this is like my first time really balancing (laughs) like i mean it was fine i was doing great i had the income i had the yeah worked right um uh i didn't have experience managing things though and so then um you know, then the disaster happened and I was scared. Like I was so scared. And I found that the best uh, thing that I could do, the most effective thing I could do is to go into the secret place and make these, like sing these scriptures. Come on. And I would do that literally all day. Like the world was locked down, but thank God I didn't have to stay in my apartment. I got to stay in my studio. Come on. I love it. No, there's like, we're, we're camped out here. Just air mattress, microwave, just (laughs) just songs, songs, songs for days. And, um, and I, I didn't want to do anything other than this music at the time. I, I was working on a, um, my, I called it my big comeback album all of 2019 mm-hmm. uh, because my first album the broken instrument uh i i i made it so purely and so honestly uh that it didn't make the dents in pop culture that i want that i was believing for and so i was like all right i gotta pay attention to what's on the top of the charts and <laughs> And I'm like, I'm going to like, I can, like, I can do all of these because it's too costly to lose. No, I get it. I understand. (laughs) Yeah, no, you got to make some money, honey. I mean, (laughs) you know, you know, you got to eat, you know, and and you're on your own and you're doing being an entrepreneur. And you know what? That's I love this. Okay, so I always stop when I see a platinum nugget here and you've got a platinum nugget here. Victory. Yeah. And so, and listeners, this platinum nugget, if you missed it, I'm going to help you with this. So what, what, 
victory learned from her first album was from her heart and from her soul and it was beautiful but it wasn't it wasn't a uh it, it wasn't pop culture enough or mainstream enough to make the financial gain that she needed so what'd she do you obviously you pivoted did you not all right so i learned this theory called darkness and glory and it's really something that's biblical because you look at jesus going to the cross and it was so so dark and bitter and gruesome but we cannot compare how glorious the glory that came as a result of the darkness he went through. Uh, you can look at, you know, the pain a mother goes through when she's giving birth, but then mm -hmm. the glory of the child, you know, so all of these moments, it can be bitter pain. So what I started to do is every time I chronicle moments of pain because I know glory is on the way. And so I made this album called Confessions of a Lonely Girl. And it's like, you got to take the real stuff of life, make songs out of it, but then see how God answers it with his glory. So and it good. might take some time. It might take a year. So with this album, I started writing it in January of 2019. And I didn't, I thought the album was going to be done in 2019. I didn't get the glory of it until uh, 2021. And the final song on that album is is called A Love Song from God. And it just is this whole really honest journey. And and everyone that's human can relate because everyone that's human goes through these real life things. So that album was my comeback album. And it still perhaps is because it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. The pandemic hit though. And yes. <laughs> you know, I just wanted, I couldn't survive on that same thing. Like now music is not just for the charts. Now music is for making it through each day one at a time. Come on. So, so that's, yeah, yeah. That's what I had to lean into. And I would find myself elevated above all of the pressures of the world. And I had something to feed people. With. I had something to give people and share something of power. Well, that, that's just like that. That's focusing out. Right. I mean, that's what that's what our Christianity teaches us. Right. To focus out on somebody else, help them get that, which in turn blesses us, you know, and that's 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 the kingdom way. Right. And so it's bringing heaven to earth and saying, OK, I'm going to focus out and I'm going to help people in this dark, the, the darkness and the glory. And it's yeah. so good. I love that the way, especially you talk about with through childbirth and how about Jesus went to the cross, the darkness and the glory, because we can't get to the glory without him going to the cross. Right. Exactly. So, you know, you know, there is, there is no salvation without him, but without the perfect lamb spilling his blood. Yeah. Right. And then mm -hmm. that's the glory, but he had to go through a lot of pain to get to that, the darkness of it all, you know, exactly. the, the, the miracle of all that, as you know, and I'm preaching to the choir here, but some people out there is that he knew it was coming and they did it anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's how mm -hmm. much he loves us sister right yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah no you're so good i love this all right so all right at what age did you realize that you were like so good at this voice when did you when were you i mean like you know i hear a lot of i you know i've got friends that you know say you know they were you know three years old and all of a sudden they started singing on a karaoke machine and like oh, the whole room went crazy what was it was it that kind of moment for you or what happened in in your in your uh your elevation to this uh, amazing place where you're at now. You know, what what age were you at? How were you discovered? Yeah, yeah. So 
So I started singing at four, not because I was good, but because I begged to sing. Um, <laughs> and my parents eventually let me. And so I had this, I had to prove that uh, I wasn't letting them down. So let me give a little more context. So my parents were the founders of the Boys and Girls Choirs of Detroit, which wow. was a, a community choir um, patterned after the Boys and Girls Choirs of Harlem. And, um, and so it was like a prestigious organization and babies weren't allowed. Uh, <laughs> you had to be six. <laughs> you had to be- Understandable. Yes. Exactly. So I was always sent with the babies um, because I was four. And my brother Abraham was always sent with the babies because he was five. But as soon as he turned six, he got to go with the big kids and put on the fancy suit and go sing for the mayor and go all to all these places. And I had to stay with granny and take naps with the babies because uh, at the time I had two younger siblings. Um, so, so I just was not going to let them hear the end of it because there's no way he's bigger than me in my four-year-old mind. And they eventually gave me the opportunity to sing. And I, I, I knew I had to prove everyone wrong <laughs> and, and, and fill that space Come on. with dignity and with, with just everything. And so that was the start of my career. I grew into it. You know, I, I grew and I, I never took it lightly because it was a chance that I didn't, I wasn't qualified for, um, according to the standards. Right. So, yeah. So that was the, the, the start. And then I started proving myself, obviously, like, and my, um, my, uh, dad made me a section leader of the Sopranos and I was the first Soprano and, you know, all throughout my childhood, I would, you know, just, um, <clears throat> lead the first Soprano section of the choir. Um, and you know, I was getting all of like the applause and all the, Oh, was that you singing that high note? Like I was getting, you know, as a kid, yeah. nine years old, they love it. Yeah. And I loved it, you know. Um, but then uh, we came to New York when I was 12 and we started doing what is called busking. That's basically when you set up and you gather an audience on the street and mm -hmm. you make money by tips. Mm -hmm. So we did that um, when we came to New York and we would sing so many hours every day. Um, rarely a day off. Wow. Uh, and um, eventually my voice, it was a combination of hitting puberty and the amount of strain that was on my voice that it completely wiped out my whole range. Wow. So I was 15 and <clears throat> I felt like here you have 11 years of devoting your life to a craft and I don't perform any better than someone who decided that they wanted to start singing yesterday. And it was just the most devastating thing of my life. My dad said that my voice is gone and that I need to retrain it from the, from the ground up. So, you know, I used to have a high voice and he's like, you got to now forget about your high voice and start digging deep. Hmm. You got to use your chest. So my dad was my coach my whole life. Wow. It's amazing. Uh, so you, yeah. so at 15, your voice completely changed. You had to reinvent yourself in this process. Yes. Yeah. 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 I only had like maybe two or is very short, short range, maybe four notes to my range. And, um, <laughs> that's, amazing. that's so amazing. That's so cool. Straight monotone. Like it had no, even when talking, it was just like, 
deep and it had no pitch, just damaged. That's crazy. And yeah, yeah. I would pray every single day, God, <laughs> please give me a voice, you know. <laughs> and it was the most humiliating thing. And then I remember, you know what? God actually has the power to give me a voice. And when he does, why not? Why not? Why can't it be the most spectacular voice in the world? Yeah. Like, why can't it be? I mean, if he's going to do it anyway, like. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Ask for the whole thing, baby. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, I honestly had that reasoning. And I said, I said, Lord, if, if you give me a voice, firstly, I'll sing for you forever. Like Come it will on. be dedicated to you. But when you do, if you do, would you make it that it's the most exquisite voice in the world? Would you make it so that people have to stop in their tracks and ask, what is that? Who is that? And, and they will feel the presence of your glory. They will feel heaven when they hear the timbre of my voice. It was such a deep and detailed prayer. I wish I wrote it down. But every time someone comes to me with a compliment, that is along those lines, I know I am immediately reminded of the promise. You know, I am immediately, because I know how helpless I was and how helpless I felt. Um, and I and now I know the power that I have, but I, I know it's it's his and it's from him. And it's yeah. for. Yeah, it, 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 I love that. I love that whole process that you went i know it was painful process it was probably a humbling process yes oh absolutely and i think you know as as jesus said you know he who humbles himself shall be exalted and look what you did you humbled yourself before the lord and say hey if this is the case i just love that you prayed that in and say he came back and says shazam yeah, <laughs> here you here you go it, it took about a year before I started hearing that, that the feedback from the people of how special my voice was. Yeah. Up until that point, I would just follow my dad's <clears throat> advice and I would show up to sing every day with the family, but I would work my range. It's awesome. <laughs> Make sure sort of only the four notes until it expanded to five. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I love hearing the story and I know a little bit about your story because we got to meet way back in the day when you guys came down for the Potter's House. And uh, uh, my son in love uh, called me up and said, hey, this amazing family's in town. Can they come over and perform at Upper Room? And I was just hanging out over there doing some consulting. And I said, yes, I didn't know you guys. Anyways, uh, I know I met your dad at the time and uh, I might have met the rest. And I think I met Abraham, too. Uh, but I don't remember you were you were just a little thing. I mean, you were like, you know, uh, 12 years old, 13 years old. And so it was really cool though, but you guys came in there and you guys just blew the roof off the place and it was a beautiful thing. And then, you know, Blake would every now and then tell me about what's going on because he would go to New York and see you guys and uh, he did some recording. And then next thing you know, you're signed with Rock Nation. How'd that happen? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> that was an interesting uh, story. You know, we would go and sing in the park every day and... Um, there was a film director who is in the process of making a film, a Hollywood film director. Uh, and it was, she was making a more indie art film. And she's like, I just need these voices in my film. I need this family. 
in my film and she would not let up on uh, my dad because um, the film was about couples and relationships and at the time my parents were separated so there was really no place we could have as a feature in the film according to what its purpose was mm -hmm. but she just was so strong about it so she was gonna make up the film as as it went along as long as we could be in it and um and so my dad agreed and and she came over our house and um, she went around the table asking each of us what we like to do just to get individual um uh, understanding of each of us individually and and, and when it got to me, she asked me what I like to do. And I said, I like to write songs. And at the time, I, I didn't have a studio. I, I didn't know how to record myself. All I had was my iPod touch. And um, and I had my guitar. And I would craft songs in, the, in Central Park and after we would sing. And I would record them onto my iPod touch. And she asked me if she could hear my songs. And... <clears throat> I played them from my iPod Touch and she started crying. Oh, wow. And she said, these songs have to be in my film. Come on. So the film, um, um, it took three years for the film to finish being made. And it wasn't a smooth process. You know, the way the story came out, it kind of got a little messy. Mm -hmm. But the music was out there. And... Um, and it went, it went to all these film festivals all over the world. And people were like, oh my gosh, that girl is a star. Wow. And I'm a kid in Central Park. I mean, I think I'm maybe 21 years old. Um, I'm not that young, but I'm young, you know. Yes, <laughs> that's young, yes. At the time, shortly after she started filming us, uh, I got in an accident that, um, that, changed my life and my paradigm in life. Um, so so at the time in the film, I'm I'm disfigured. My face is like, uh, my my jaw was broken I, um, and my mouth was wired shut. I, oh my gosh. My arm was broken and I'm, I'm just a cripple. So, and just like quite literally. And- Wow. So I didn't have, and that's a whole other story of how I became who I am spiritually, um, because Jesus met me in there. And that my whole album, The Broken Instrument, God put it on my heart that he was going to take me to the top of the music industry, the secular music industry, to tell the story of The Broken Instrument. Because, well, I didn't, I didn't have the title Broken Instrument, but to tell my story of how he picked me up from that broken place i love it it's so that's so jesus come on <laughs> so yeah good. i wasn't even a solo artist so i kept this thing in my heart because you know it's been a you know it's a family thing and i i knew i had to get ready for like the biggest stages in the world and the most like i start okay because i would try so in the film which we never advertised it or promoted it because it's like super X-rated, not because of us, but because of other characters. Right. In the film. right. Um, so it went to unique places that we never, <laughs> but in the film, all, <laughs> all I could talk about was Jesus. <laughs> and the, um, cause I was just so close with him in that time. I was, I was super I love broken it. and he was there with me. Come on. And I just, I just could only, 
I just was, I, I just had so much to say about him, but it was annoying because it did, didn't reflect power. I, I was broken. Like, how, how do you have all the answers in life? And you're a kid that sings in Central Park and that actually can't sing because your mouth is wired shut. So all these people heard your music all over yeah. the world. Yes. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. I, obviously, at some point, somebody took it over to Rock Nation or Jay-Z or somebody got exactly. and this was this was this was the conduit to that. Yeah, so this was the conduit to this gentleman whose name is James Samuel. He's like, he's Seals, the Seal, the recording artist, his younger brother. No kidding. And That's so cool. Yeah, he's named like either one, the top or the or one or number two most influential person in Hollywood. Come on. Um, he's so, this, so, so, so this cat listens to your music. He said, that girl is the next Tracy Chapman. He's British. <laughs> he's, he's the next... She's a superstar. The whole film was for her. Like the whole. I love thing. it. I love and the <laughs> accent, sister. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, really big personality, and he would bring yeah. me out to me and my dad. He would bring us out to all of these A-list Hollywood parties and yeah. have me sing my original songs at these parties. And I love and it. He's the one who connected us to um, Jay Z. He sent a video of me singing in Central Park, um, singing "Feeling Good" uh, to Jay, and Jay on email responded immediately. And then the next day, me and my dad were in his office <clears throat> sharing our story. Come on. Square. So, so that's kind of the back roads. Of I love that. I, you know, it, and I love it because, you know, we worship a God of suddenly, you know, suddenly your jaw's broken. You've got your arms in a cast and you're struggling. The song gets out in a weird way and people see it. Then suddenly you're sitting in there with Jay-Z and Rock Nation signing a contract. I love it. I mean, you know, I mean, that's the way he operates. That's the kingdom. Hey, friends, thank you so much for listening to the first half of Victory Boyd's amazing podcast interview. Next week, we're going to drop the second half, and it's really good. You're not going to want to miss it. Have a great week. Thank you so much. Remember to share. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Next Level Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share. For more resources to help you maintain your next level life, join our community at themichaelmcintyre.com.